now we're starting. Now we're live. <laughs> Hello, good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to the second episode of the Wulong Swords podcast. Um, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for supporting us. It's been greatly appreciated. Uh, tonight we're going to discuss, of course, Captain America: Civil War. Um, it's epic movie that, that came out this summer. Well, technically it wasn't summer. It was a, a bit earlier than that, but it was the, the start of the blockbuster season. I mean, Marvel seemed to um, have been so powerful over the years that they've been able to reboot the entire uh, summer movie season and start it in the middle of uh, May. So there you go. Um, tonight I'm joined, of course, by uh, my two comrades in arms. Uh, we have uh, Big A, the Mac Geek. Alvin, say hello. Hello, everyone. Good evening. And we've also got uh, Richard, a.k.a. Rich Reviews, hanging out with us as well. Rich, say hello. What's happening? Thanks very much, mate. Now, we've kept the people waiting long enough, so um, you know what? Let's just dive into it and get straight in. Um, so, first things first, uh, what were your thoughts on the movie, guys, initially? Um, did you like it? Did you love it? Or did you think it was a piece of crap? <laughs> so let's start there. Um, Rich, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I love the film. Loved it. Like, I mean, it, it had its moments, uh, good and bad, which I'm sure we'll touch upon later on uh, in the show. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was just. I mean, like, the thing is, like, Marvel have they've they've got that formula which they you know which they're just utilizing to the best of their ability, and then you know it's not broken. So they're not even trying to fix it. So um, yeah, it, like, I mean, let's put it this way. Another certain superhero film came out. I think it was after or before. It was so bad I can't remember. But they just showed, or it reminded us how things should be done. So they, I mean, I mean, we can leave at that. And like I said, we'll touch upon it again later on. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. But yeah, you know, you can, whoever's next can go next. I, I'm gonna get all riled up. <laughs> so yeah. Well, that certain superhero movie, um, yeah, we're going to have to do a separate video to discuss that because I think that requires a, a, a thorough examination before we can do anything um, in regards to that one. But, um, yeah, for me, I absolutely loved the movie. I thought it was great. Um, it gave me everything that I was kind of looking for and everything that I was uh, expecting to, to get. Plus, it gave me more. Um, I didn't think it was the perfect movie as such. Um, I did have a few minor grumbles with it, but all in all, um, it was a really, really good uh, cinema experience, uh, and I really can't wait to, to see it again on um, Home Video when it gets its release, which I think is due in September, they said, so um, that's definitely one that I'll be uh, heading out to get on Blu-ray when it comes out. Uh, Alvin, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, Civil War for me, I, I kind of hated it. Actually, I loved it. Like, like legit, it was like, it it was one of those movies where you sit there and every everyone else around you isn't around. It's just you in the movie, you know what I mean? And you get to kind of be excited by it. Be it, it's funny. It was serious and it had like crazy exciting things in it. And it juggled all of those to to where it, it didn't feel like you were watching one thing or the other. It was just a whole story. Because some, some films obviously are like, obviously the film whose name we're not mentioning is if it's Voldemort or something. You know, 
that film just was one tone through the whole freaking thing. Whereas Civil War can it can jump between different things and it's fine. And that's something that Marvel are really good at. They're really good at juggling different kind of stuff and keeping it cohesive somehow as well. So yeah, that's what I really enjoyed about uh, about Civil War. But yeah, just overall, just good movie, good times. Totally looking forward to it. And yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Yeah, cool. cool. Thanks very much, Alvin. Um, sorry about that. Uh, we've just been joined my by my cat Otto, who <laughs> can't keep himself away from me for some reason. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you may hear the occasional meowing and confused scratching noises as he kind of does the thing. Um, but don't let that put you off. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with kind of the bulk of what you guys have said, really. Um, it was a great cinema experience. So uh, let's get down to it. Uh, we've got a few different discussion topics that uh, we're going to cover in this recording. So uh, let's get into the first one. Uh, the first one that I came up with was, uh, did you guys feel that this was a Captain America movie? or an Avengers movie. Now, uh, before you answer, the reason why um, I brought that up is because, um, you know, before the film actually was released and um, when the publicity started to go around for it, um, when there were set pictures being released, when, when interviews started coming out with the writers and the actors and things like that, there was um, the terms kind of being used on social media like Avengers 2.5 and um, that the movie was kind of an apology for um, Avengers Age of Ultron and things that that thing got wrong. Um, and I know for some fans it, it felt like uh, they weren't quite getting the Captain America sequel that they wanted, um, particularly because uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier was such a, a popular and, and phenomenal film. Um, so for you guys, uh, having watched the movie, did you get the feeling that it was... Um, a true sequel to two Captain America movies that had gone previously, or did you think that it was more a kind of caps in there, but it's about these other Avengers that, that are in the movie as well? Um, whoever wants to ask the first can answer. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, for me, I still think Cap was the focus, but it, it, it did feel like an Avengers movie but a different kind of Avengers movie. It wasn't, oh, here's an invasion, or here's a big bad who's trying to destroy a country or a city or whatever. You know what I mean? It was actually something that progressed the Marvel Cinematic Universe forward, which I don't feel has really happened since Avengers Assemble 2012. So it's been a while, because that was like, oh, aliens exist, and it kind of, you know, things span off from that, and it's always referenced in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, and I believe Jessica Jones, I think, may have mentioned it as well. Um, and yeah, this is the only other time where I felt like it's put things in a place where you've gone, well, what what the heck is going to happen next? Uh, but no, I feel I feel Cap was pretty much the focus. It focused on Cap and Bucky's relationship and how things Bucky had done in the past uh, have affected well other characters. So so yeah, I don't feel it was wholly Avengers uh, what 2.5. Mm. I wouldn't say that. I'd I'd say it was pretty much a sequel for um, the Winter Soldier for me. Uh, and I didn't really feel it focused on the other Avengers as much, but they were there, you know, and they did their thing, and everyone had their little story arcs, which was amazing how they juggled all the different characters, but, but no, I, I didn't think it was too much Avengery. It, it made sense in the context that it was in, so I wasn't bothered. I was, I was fine with it. 
Okay, fair enough. That's a good answer, really. Um, Rich? Yeah, to, to me, it's, it's a Captain America sequel on paper. Uh, the reason why I'm saying is that like, when you look at all of the other, let's say, well, sequels or trilogies that, that, that exist in a Marvel universe, like it's, it centers solely on that character. So that when you have Iron Man's trilogy, it centers on Iron Man. And, you know, fair enough, you know, Iron Man 2, you bring in Black Widow, and that kind of gives you another insight into, like, the Marvel Universe. Um, with Thor 1, you've got that cameo by Hawkeye, you know, like, you know, and then, like, you've got the S.H.I.E.L.D., and you've got Coulson, who's, like, the rtd 2 CTPO of, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and whatnot. Um, and I think it, Civil War did carry on the story that, that we were left with and when, at, the, at the end of Winter Soldier, where they go looking for Bucky, but the fallout from it made it too much of an Avengery, Avengery type of film of all these other characters coming in. So to me, it would be like this. When you, when you read Civil War, the comic book, I'm not saying that Marvel were trying to do their own, they're trying to do, you know, trying to do a copy of it. But when you read Civil War, it was a standalone series. So like issues one to eight, and you could read that, and you didn't have to read, and you didn't have to read anything else. You, you were given a choice of reading other stuff. So to me, Captain America Civil War would have been a type of side story that you would have read while reading the main bulk of the actual Civil War story. Um, that doesn't necessarily make it a bad film. I mean, I still think it's a good film. Um, but I, I, th I think as much as, it, as much as it flowed really, really well, it did kind of lose a bit of pace for me that was set up in The Winter Soldier. Because The Winter Soldier in itself, The Winter Soldier is a good film. It's not just a good mm. superhero film. It's a good film. Whereas, like, you could have taken out the character of Captain America and just put in, like, a normal person or, like, a, a spy or whatever and blah, 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 and it would still work. Whereas, like, with this Avengers, um, sorry, <laughs> Civil War, I mean, uh, Captain America Civil War, like, it, it did felt that quite a few people were thrown in once again, I'm not complaining, but it could have just centered a, a bit more on, let's say, like Captain America going to get Bucky and then, you know, and then dealing with the fallout from there. Like the stuff that happens with like Iron Man, like they could have just kept it to that. They didn't have to bring in the other characters. I can see why they brought in the other characters. And obviously this is a plot point to, um, you know, to, you know, to whatever else is going to happen in the Marvel Universe coming up with Infinity and everything. But this essentially is like a 1970s comic book where you read the front and it's like it's a Captain America comic book and like they're just trying to maybe remind you that all these other characters exist and they're going to be used at a later point. And so they put them on the front cover and then they're thrown in an issue and it's some guest artist who's doing the, the drawings because the main artist is going to be, you know, doing the art for like the actual main series. So I, so I still consider this a 2.5, you know, Avengers 2.5 and things will get better with this this whole in Avengers Infinity thing as well. So that's my that's my take on it. Although, like I still saying, I did love the film. Okay, cool. No, that's fair enough. I mean the, the all of those um points that you raised are, are I think are fair points. Um for me I think I I kind of it it was a difficult question for me to answer because I I kind of made my mind up from quite early that the film wasn't going to be uh, a Captain America sequel um, from the moment it was announced that it was going to be an adaptation of Civil War. Um, I think by then I'd already kind of felt like, 
okay, well, you know, we're not going to be strictly sort of following the, the arc um, between Bucky and Captain America and, and uh, the kind of intimacy between those two characters and, and the, the kind of complexity of their relationship. It's going to be a, a, a much broader uh, scope that they're looking to cover with the film. And um, so from quite early, I'd kind of made that decision and, and made my mind up and thought, okay, yeah, that's, that's the way it's going to be. Um, when I saw the movie, I was quite pleasantly surprised that they were able to carry over um, quite a lot of the um, emotional development uh, between the two into the movie um, because I thought it was pretty much going to be a straightforward um, Captain America, you know, will be the catalyst uh, for the plot, um, as would uh, Iron Man, um, and, you know, people were just going to kind of get thrown in in and around the, the story. But actually, I, I kind of felt like, even when I was watching it, I kind of felt like it was always um, Cap and Bucky's story and, and Iron Man's story. It was the three people's story and, and their journeys um, and the culmination of their journeys from uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, to this point and uh, obviously Iron Man's journey from Iron Man 1 and, and everything that he's been through the subsequent Avengers movies and, and the Iron Man sequels and things like that. Uh, so for me, I was actually quite surprised at, at how well they were able to weave those um, elements within to the, the actual story and keep it feeling like it was um, a Captain America movie. Although, as, as said, I said, I kind of decided in my head already that it, it wasn't a Captain America movie, that it was going to be an Avengers movie. So coming out the end of it after um, watching it, I, I was, you know, really presently surprised by the way that um, the, the, the characters were, were kind of handled and the way Captain America's story was handled uh, within this. Um, that said, there has been uh, rumours online that there was uh, initially a, a, an actual Captain America 3 that had been planned, had been written, and everything had been put together. Um, and then they only changed to Civil War um, after Warner Brothers and DC announced Batman vs Superman. Um, and that was the, the that was the point that they decided that um, they were going to do Civil War. Whether that's true or not, I, I don't know. That's one of those things you read on, online and you go, well, I don't know how much um, traction there is behind it. Um, I know when Civil War came out, the writers, uh, Marcus and McFeely, said that uh, they did change the, the story somewhat when that announcement was made, but what kind of initial story they had um, and what initial story they were going to follow through, um, up to that point, I guess we'll, we'll never know. But um, I've kind of made my peace with the fact that, that this is probably going to be the the end of, of that story, and I'm, I'm reasonably happy with, with that, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really good, really really good uh, way to handle that story. I felt. So let's crack on. Uh, the next question is an obvious one, really. Um, favorite lines and scenes. So was there anything that kind of um, stood out for you guys? I've I've got a couple in my head that that I can think of right now. Um, so we'll probably end up naming a few of the same ones, I imagine. Um, but yeah, uh, what kind of stood out for you and, and were there any lines in particular that, that, that kind of um, resonated with you? Um, Rich, want to go first? Yeah, I think one of my favourite lines, I'm not even sure if it's even, I've only seen the film once, so I'm not, I can't even remember if it's a line or if it's just a look, 
But it's that, well, okay, but it's, it's a scene which goes into a line, if it does. But it's the whole bit where Captain America actually finds Bucky and he's holed up in a little apartment and wherever they are. You know, and then you can hear, like, Falcon doing the countdown of everyone that's coming in and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then they start having a fight and it, and the fight moves into the corridor. And um, Captain America asks Bucky, listen, nobody gets killed today. Or, like, don't kill anybody. And there's a bit where the soldier gets knocked off the balcony and Captain America catches him and basically looks at Bucky and goes, seriously? Like, to me, it's just one of those things, like, you watch that scene and it just reminds you of the reason why they are friends. They're not just friends and, like, they know each other in and out. They're just working in synergy, like, physically, anywhere where they're having a battle with these soldiers. But where's the whole thing of, like, I just asked you to do something, and then you've gone and done this, and then he's gone like, oh, it was a mistake. You know, he gives that look. That shows the friendship between the two, like, and 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 it shows like, and and, and that's what I love about that about that scene. Um, the other scene is um, listen, you know, what? I know I'm, I'm going to say this scene, and I know you're going to say this scene, and I know I'm going to say this scene, <laughs> but it's the bit where um, where basically, Black Widow or Natasha, because me and her are cool. Yeah? <laughs> um, when basically Natasha is basically telling T'Challa, you know, listen, we're going to get this sorted. Don't do anything rash. And he gives this speech about, you know, my father was a great man, blah, 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 and he's a compassionate man or something along those lines. But I'm not my father. And he just go, I'm not sure if we can swear, but, you know, what will I don't say? Like, he said that line, I just went, shit, son, it's about to get real. <laughs> like, he gave that look and it was just stone cold, man. Um, so that's one of my favourite lines. Obviously, the line of... Um, in fact, going back to the scene when Captain America finds Bucky and he says, like, do you remember me? Do you remember who I am? And he starts reeling off these things about, like, you know, you know, you used to have to put tissue paper or newspaper into your shoes to, you know, so they would fit you and things like that. And it's all coming back. I could go on and I might take away some of the things that you guys are going to say. So <laughs> I'll leave it at those three. And then <laughs> cool. Uh, Alvin, do you want to go next? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean bits that I like kind of really enjoyed obviously the whole Tony Stark Peter Parker stuff man that was I, I didn't I didn't know it was going to be like that you know what I mean and it was such a it's such it's such a weird thing to have an introduction of a character uh like at least what I'd say towards the tail end of the second act to kind of bring us into the third act mm. and then for it to feel like it happened earlier in the movie uh, and even though the fact that Tony Stark just appears at his house because movie, it was still kind of like it didn't feel forced, and it was a nice little about what up to about ten minutes of them just chatting, no action going on, just you finding out who Peter is and what kind of person he is and all that, and the fact that they're kind of kindred science spirits or whatever, and uh, and yeah, I just think it was just a great introduction for Spider-Man to kind of explain his powers, like the whole Civ thing on the eyes in his suit it was like his sense it was like my senses are really heightened and I can't concentrate so I have to put those on my eyes mm. and all that kind of business and the explanation for the lenses in the suit and all that business I thought all that stuff was great I was like I was geeking out when it was happening and also this Peter Parker is good at science unlike the last one he was crap at science so yeah <laughs> that was that was a pretty good moment so quick, quick, quick question Alvin do, do, do you yeah. mean that it didn't it didn't felt forced like how you might Break into like this billionaire's headquarters and then get like a like a, a a hard drive and then 
<laughs> and, then, and then you see videos of all yeah, these other heroes <laughs> and the, the symbols and all that. They're conveniently heroes, yeah. yeah. If you want to compare it to that, it's like, yeah, this, there was a reason for it happening, you know what I mean? It's Tony Stark at the end of the day, he has access to pretty much everything. So it, it just yeah. felt legit. Like that in that other movie, um, which we'll just refer to as Voldemort, uh, is that, that was forced, yeah. Whereas this, it was just like, okay, what's going on? Oh, Queens, right. I know what's going to happen in Queens. You know what I mean? Got excited. But yeah, no, that was that was really cool. Uh, and another bit, it was actually just the end, just because it was freaking awesome. So obviously, obviously spoilers in it. So spoilers? Is that is that cool, Jay? Yeah, yeah I think that's safe. Yeah. Yeah. If people right. haven't seen the movie by now, then okay, uh, okay, what, okay. what are you so, waiting for? <laughs> Obviously, at the end, when when they put Bucky into space, space stasis even, uh, and that we're in Wakanda, I started freaking out. And it, it was just just the way it ended with T'Challa uh, and uh, and Steve with Steve saying, "If they found out he's here, you know they'll come for him." And T'Challa just like looks at him and says, "Let them try." And then it pans out, and you see the jungle. <laughs> you can hear the jungle animals, and then you just see a panther statue. I, I was just like, oh my god, I can't wait for Black Panther. It's just gonna be so good. I just can't, I couldn't wait. I just want more. Like these films, like they they want me like leaving more. They're like, I just want more. It's just like I go home and I go, damn, I have to wait like a year for more. Because it's like I don't see this this film series as like I see it as a film series, but it's not like you know how James Bond is like the same thing every time, but it's yeah. different people doing the same thing in different times. You know what I mean? This is. This is like no other. It's like it is like comic books. It's like you've got your standalones and then you've got your crossover events. Yeah. And it just leaves you. It like the world is expanding. It's like it's mushrooming and it just it just there's just so much more. And I just can't wait to see more. You know what I mean? That's what it is. But yeah, that was another cool moment. And uh, I'd have to say, um, a third cool moment uh, was during the airport scene. So not the whole airport scene. Uh, but during it, the uh, the Queen's Brooklyn exchange between uh, between Cap and Spidey, uh, I just thought it was really cool how they're like both New Yorkers and just the way Cap's like, "You got goods, kid? Where you from?" And he's like, "Queens." Oh, Brooklyn. And then that's it. And it was like, that's fucking. That's like, he, he's totally like this kid. Okay, he's fighting against me, and he's pretty good. Oh, and he's from the same city I am. But you know, he's holding this whatever he's holding. I'm better than him. But good on the kid. He's got heart. <laughs> and then he's just running off. But yeah, I just like stuff like that. Just little character moments, that's all. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the, the thing with this film. There's so many good little character beats um, and, and little things that, that they worked into the script and into the performances that were, were just really, really brilliant. I mean, for me, um, I really loved uh, Vision, I, Vision in the movie. Um, he didn't have that much to do. Um, but the bits that they gave him within the movie were just great. I loved the the introduction when he um, he phases through the wall while Cap and uh, Scarlet are talking, and Scarlet, which is like, you know, we've talked about this, and he's like, oh, but you know, the door was open, so I just thought I could just phase through your wall and come into your room, <laughs> you know. And it's those kind of things that that um, where they've really they've really highlighted. Um, 
his struggle to to kind of understand what it is to be uh, human, to to kind of understand other people's feelings and and what they mean. Um, I love the scene where he's trying to cook the dish for Scarlet Witch as well, um, and Scarlet Witch tastes it and is like, "Yeah, no, nah, mate, um, you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to take that off the fire. That that's not really not working." Um, I also really 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 loved um, the there's a particular line in the film it's, uh, I'm going to jump backwards and forwards a bit if people who are watching so bear with me um, there's a, a part towards the, the end of the movie um, once Iron Man has found out um, obviously the big reveal in the movie and I'll, I'll come back to that because I think they, they handled that really well um, but Iron Man sort of has hold of Winter Soldier and he says you know do you even remember them and Winter Soldier says to him, I remember all of them. And it's the look on, on Sebastian Stan's face when he says it. You can kind of... There, there's a certain look in his eyes that, that only somebody who has been carrying kind of years of pain will, will have. Um, and he just conveyed it so brilliantly in one line and one scene. Um, he basically summed up the entire, you know, chapter of the Winter Soldier. Um, and it just reminds you that hey you know this guy is a he's a sympathetic character he's somebody we should be showing sympathy towards even though he's done some pretty monstrous things um, there's actually a, a, a human being in there struggling to, to kind of hold on to his humanity and just trying to do the right thing and through no fault of his own has has carried out these um, these atrocities and and is living permanently with with the guilt of that um, so I loved that scene. Um, I loved the the scene with um, Spider-Man and Tony Stark and Aunt May and the fact that Tony Stark points out that your aunt is ridiculously hot because um, when watching the movie and I saw Marissa Tomei in there, I was like, wow, she's, she's smoking hot still. Um, but it is kind of ludicrous, really, when you think, like, you know, this is Peter Parker and his, his aunt is just ridiculously hot. Like, in none of the comic books is his aunt ever that hot. So I like the fact that Tony Stark kind of points that out. It, it kind of was like a wink and a nod to the audience to say, yeah, we know this is a bit silly, but look, just go with us on this one. So I really, really love that. Um, and one of my favorite lines in the whole film is <laughs> kind of silly, but I love it, is um, the scene, the, the airport scene where they're, they're battling, uh, and there's a moment where uh, Black Panther breaks off with Hawkeye. Um, and Hawkeye's kind of firing arrows at him and things like that, and he catches two of them and they explode next to his head and he kind of chucks the, the arrows away nonchalantly and I was like, yeah, that's my brother right there, that's my brother. <laughs> but um, he then kind of stands up and, and uh, Clint says to him, you know, I don't believe we've met. Uh, I'm Clint. And Black Pepper says, I don't care. <laughs> he just starts kicking his ass. And I was like, this guy, this guy, this this guy, this is the Black Panther people. Like, people have been waiting to see. This is him. And um, like you, Alvin, with, with that kind of moment, I was just like, yep, bring me Black Panther now. I don't want to wait till 2018. Bring it now. Now I'm ready. <laughs> so yeah, that was the the, the one for me. You know, that that really did it. But as I said, there, there were many many kind of great scenes in there. Um, the chase sequence uh, with Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The way that scene is constructed, um, from the battle in the apartment to the staircase. The choreography is really intricate. It's exciting. 
um, to the chase through the, the tunnel in Germany and the way that's done as well. It's just just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I mean, we'll we'll probably talk more about the stunt work later on, but um, yeah, some of the stunt work in this is just uh, is really amazing. They really really kicked it up a notch with that. But um, as we've already spoken about him before, we might as well head on to um, our next topic, which is Spider Man. So. Um, Two seconds. I tell you, sorry, that, that just sounded really, really, really. Make this brief, Richard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But we're talking about you're talking about some of the favorite lines. Now, here's a line that some people might not have caught on, but I just loved it because if you know what it is, you know what it is. But it was the bit where um, Winter Soldier goes crazy and he's basically sparking all the soldiers and everything, and then Black Widow goes to fight him, and she kind of gives him it. She, you know, she gives her her fair dues, and then he picks her up and he slams her on the table and starts to, and she's trying to strangle him or something like that. And she basically goes to him, or basically, she, while she's being strangled, basically goes, at least try and remember me. And I love that scene. Because if anybody who's anybody who knows, everybody knows that Winter Soldier and a Black Widow, number one, they already know each other. They were, give or take, trained by the same people, just maybe just different factions. And they've also had, they've also had relationships at certain points as well. And that's what I loved about that scene. So it's one of those things where it's like, you hear what she says, if you hear what she says, and if you know what she's talking about, like maybe hopefully that's something that can be touched upon later on in the series, or maybe even a Black Widow movie, which they're now trying to tell. So wasn't already wasn't already touched upon in uh, the Winter Soldier because she got a scar from a bullet that he he, tra- he she was protecting someone yeah. and he shot at the person through her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it's in reference to? No, no, but no, no, but well, the thing it would depend if they. Or more the, than that. The book route is that basically they they they've had a relationship throughout the years. So that's oh, what, really? That's how I saw that line in reference to. I didn't see okay. it in of like, at least remember me, that you shot me, blah, 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 blah. But it depends how you want to see it. True that. Damn straight true that. But sorry, Jay, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> well, seeing as you opened your big mouth first, you can start off by talking about Spider-Man and what you thought of um, Spider-Man. Obviously, he's, he's back. He's in the MCU. He's home where he yeah. belongs, where he should be. Um, yeah. What did you think about his introduction? What did you think of Tom Holland's performance? Um, and are you looking forward to a Spider-Man movie after this? Definitely looking forward to a Spider-Man movie. Um, Tom Holland's performance... The thing is, I wouldn't even say that it was even better than any of the others, because I, I like you know, like how Batman is portrayed by certain actors. Like Everyone has their own particular take on him, or like James Bond, everyone has their own particular take. And he, he does a very, very good take on the Peter Parker persona, which I, which I loved. That's number one. Number two, he's young. <laughs> he's young. Peter Parker started off as Spider-Man young. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I know there's quite a few people out there who, who may not be Spider-Man fans and may not be like, yeah, he started out young. I'm going to keep on saying that, yeah? And I really do think that's... A, a, that, that's is going back to the origins of like you know and like so basically it's going back to the origins of, of Peter Parker and I think when we finally do see him in his movie we're going to see how it's seen from a how being a superhero is seen from you know from a different perspective which I'm looking forward to because you've already got like you know the billionaire playboy philanthropist you know you know loudmouth in Tony Stark so you see what his life is like you've got Captain America who was born in a particular era and chose to become this you've got Thor who's a god who was born into this and now you're just going to have this guy who's like, I'm just a guy, you know. Like he already says, and you know, you know, you know, when when Tony Stark asks asks him why do you do this, and he's like, you know, because I can. 
he's a good kid, you know. And and I'm really interested in in seeing that. And Tom Holland, he he's able to in the brief scenes that we see him, he's able to portray that really really well. And like you know that whole thing of like he he's wired eyed, you know. This he's been introduced to this whole new world that people that he probably idolizes, but still goes out and does it, you know, does the job himself. And now he's been asked to to hang around with these people and help them in a particular way. So like you said, Arvin, that whole bit where he meets, you know, Captain America, and Captain America admires what he sees in him. You know, but then you see that, you know, when he's fighting against all these people, then the bit when he comes against the Winter Soldier, and he's, like I said, it, it kind of goes back to his, you know, his science background, where he fights against the Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier tries to punch him, and he catches a hand, and he's like, oh, cool, you've got a metal arm, you know, and things like that. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm really, really happy with him. I personally think that we haven't seen enough of the Peter Parker persona as of yet, to make it a form of judgment, and I'm looking forward to it. But for Peter Parker and Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield is still my guy. But I think Tom Holland is definitely going to take this easily, like easily. Like I, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to Marissa to me. <laughs> yep, you and everybody who's our age. <laughs> um, Alvin, what do you think, man? Yeah, Spidey. Man, it was just like, for me, everything was on point. I'll tell you what bit I really got excited at was when him and Tony were chatting in that, how Tony had, like, those holographic videos of, like, all the different things, all the peoples he saved. Like, at one point, he stops a bus from crashing into something or whatever and all that. I was, like, I was really trying to see that shit go down because I was like, okay, well, what's the different things that he's done and what, what have we seen and all that kind of business. But Tom Holland... I thought he hit the nail on the head. Like for everything that he was given, it it felt. It's like you know Andrew Garfield. Like I I thought it was okay. I think he was good at doing mouthy Spidey. Yeah. I think he was good at doing mouthy Spidey over kind of like the Peter Parker stuff because they made his Peter Parker like a freaking fingerless glove wearing fucking loner. And I was just like, come on, man, what the fuck? Mm. Whereas this, it's like, he's and like you said, he's young. Thank fuck, he's like the first person to play Peter Parker who isn't like in their late 20s or early 30s mm. it's like cool great now he feels like a kid i remember being that age now it's like it seems like real you know what i mean now i can go oh i remember like thinking everything was fucking awesome and cool and all that and like yeah i just like the fact that he's a kid they got his suit down i like to suit i love the i love the lens idea in the in the freaking suit uh, i like the, i like even like the black that they added to the suit some people didn't like that but i he looked like spider-man he was slender you know what i mean and all that kind of business and when he was in the spidey suit and he was an excitable he's just an excitable kid like you said with getting excited by the metal arm and all that kind of business like he's got web shooters as well this time um, but although didn't show like that being created, I don't mind. Uh, but obviously we know this guy's smart and all that. It was all like yes, 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 yes. As it was going through, I was just like, okay, that's cool. Down with that. Awesome. Great. Cool. All the Spider-Man shit for me, like it was pretty. Well. Even the post-credit scene, like the way he had the you know the shiny thing, the signal, like the little Spidey signal, that was cool as well. Like, I enjoyed all the Spidey stuff. Like, especially his little joke about getting hit by someone in the street called Steve. Like, that was, it was just, all the Spidey stuff is great to me, and it just reminds me of, like, all the various different cartoons I've seen, and all the Spider-Man stuff I've read through the years. Even reminds me of Miles Morales a little bit, because some people don't like Miles, but Miles is just a kid, in the same way that this Peter Parker is just a kid, you know what I mean? And I can relate to being that age, and being like that, and trying to find your place, yeah, and that's what I really enjoyed about this this Spider-Man. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, much the same for me with you guys. Uh, I enjoyed Spider-Man a lot in this movie. Um, I can't say I was, because um, I know some people really lost their minds when they saw um, Tom Holland's performance and were saying, uh, you know, it was the, the best on-screen Spider-Man we've had. Um, I don't think his scenes were, I don't think he was in enough scenes for me to, to kind of make that, that judgment call. Um, but I will just echo a lot of the things you said. I'm absolutely delighted that we've got a Spider-Man who doesn't look like he's heading for a midlife crisis um, and is actually a teenager um, or at least looks and sounds like a teenager in the way that he did um, and the way I imagined that he did in you know the early sort of, uh, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko stuff. And, um, like you, Alvin, I love the suit, I, again, there were a few people grumbling about the suit. I thought the suit was great. Again, it, it echoed all of the kind of um, the design aesthetics that uh, Marvel had introduced with uh, the character originally. Um, so that was perfect. Um, I loved the relationship that he seems to have with Aunt May. Again, we only got a, a few moments of it, but already you can kind of see these that kind of um, there's a cockiness within him. But he he's still kind of a bit awkward and a bit kind of he's the kind of kid who probably I imagine um you know maps off <laughs> to Aunt May after she gives him a telling off behind her back and Aunt May probably hears it and is like what did you say and he's like nothing nothing um and that I I, I kind of like that that kind of I idea and and that kind of relationship you know that that it just reinforces the fact that I said he is a kid um. Uh, so that I loved. Um, I loved all of the action scenes that he was in. Um, the line about the uh, Empire Strikes Back was was just genius. <laughs> that was absolute genius. The way they fit that in, um, and it completely reflected uh, the kind of character that they built for Spider-Man and and what I think we can expect from him going forward um, in his solo movie uh, Homecoming when that comes out. So um, yeah, all in all, I thought. Spider-Man was terrific, absolutely terrific, um, and really, really enjoyed his uh, presence in the movie. So, yep, two thumbs up from all of us, Tom Holland. Keep doing what you're doing. We're loving it. Um, um, sorry, sorry, to, sorry again. I'll tell you one thing that I liked <laughs> about Spider-Man. Um, they gave us a time frame of how long he's been Spider-Man, how long he's had the powers, six months. Mm. I like that. Because like one of the things about about the, the Marvel about the Marvel films is that obviously you have to remember as well like some some things happen out of continu out of uh, continuity or well, chronologically some of them some things happen at particular points, but they they made it a very very valid point when he like you know when Tony Stark is like look how long has this been happening for you and he basically says six months and I like and I'm sure that's maybe something they're gonna touch upon because from what I can gather they're not gonna do a whole new origin. For this guy, because because I think because you know for his film because I know they've basically said that they don't want to introduce us to him again. We've already had um, Tobey Maguire, and they've already had Andrew Garfield, and they've done his his origin twice. So I think that was a good thing of saying that. Listen, I've had it for six months. That's basically the way of saying that. Like, okay, you know, you know what Spider Man is, you know who he is, you know what he's capable of doing, and you know, we're just going to throw you straight in. And I think that was a very very smart and bold move as well because obviously there's some people out there who might not know the character. But then everyone knows the character in one way or another. It's like someone not knowing how Bruce Wayne became Batman. But but I did like I did like the fact of like they made it a very apparent thing that okay it's been six months, and it's something which kind of happened in the whole of um, Captain America: The Civil War as well, where they started they've started to make references 
to how how long certain things have happened between whatever. So they kind of give like a rough time estimate of like when Sokovia happened or when the Battle of New York happened, which is something which I'm finding quite interesting as well because before it was just like exact dates when it was like, which you only really got in Captain America. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in as well. Okay, cool. Um, so the next question, uh, what did you guys make of Black Panther? So um, I think it was too black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for me, he wasn't black enough. He should have been eating jollof. <laughs> no, um, for me, uh, I'll start off with this one. Um, black Panther was freaking amazing. Um, Chadwick Boseman is a brilliant actor, and I remember when he was cast as Black Panther um, when the announcement was made because there'd been rumblings for a few months um, and I remember just getting a massive smile on my face when uh, it was all confirmed because I'd not too long before that seen uh, Get On Up, uh, the James Brown story, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. No, I but the um, he obviously plays uh, James Brown in that movie, and James Brown is such a tricky character to get right because he's so larger than life. Um, it's very easy to kind of fall into to doing a caricature of him almost, rather than kind of portraying him. Um, but in that movie, he just absolutely nails it spot on. Um, so the moment they cast him as as Black Panther, I just had every confidence that he was going to be great. Um, and for me, that's how it proved to be from the moment he, he was introduced on the, the screen. From the very first scene, you see him in the United Nations building where he's kind of looking out the window and then he sort of turns and looks over his shoulder um, as the camera kind of zooms in on him. It just it just reeked of, of T'Challa and, um, and of confidence and power and royalty. And, it, you know, it was just... No perfect. Um, as I said, every single line he delivered, he delivered superbly. Um, I remember the, the conversation between him and Cap and um, Falcon once they get captured uh, after the tunnel chase in Germany and they're riding in the, the back of the, um, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. vehicle. And, um, you know, I remember the, the exchange between Cap and, and Black Panther, where Black Panther says something along the lines of, you know, given that you know what I can do, um, you know that I am, I'm a king and you know the resources I have, how long do you think you can keep your friend from me? And it was just delivered in, in such a, a threatening manner that literally you'd be like, oh shit, like, you know what, let me just, here, take whatever you want, just, just don't hurt me, sir. don't hurt me. And I love that that kind of, as um, I said, that, that, that kind of power and, and the way that he resonated. Um, I love the suit, the suit was awesome. Um, I was one of those who was very, very skeptical about the suit when the teaser trailer came out because we only saw a few snippets of it. Um, and admittedly, I watched it in low resolution, and I thought it looked like a leather jacket and a crash of it. I was impressed. But seeing it on the big screen, it was amazing. The detail in the suit, um, the design. I loved the, the kind of adamantium, sorry, excuse me, adamantium, vibranium teeth that were kind of sewn into the neck piece. Um, I loved the designs across the helmet. They were, they were brilliant. Um, the character was just... Uh, 
delivered in in almost a, a no perfect way for me. Um, and as you said earlier, Alvin, I like I really can't wait <laughs> to to see the character. <laughs> um, Alv, what do you think? Yeah, man, like seeing T'Challa do his thing. Maybe want to go back to Africa, man. Like <laughs> go on, a, go on a like a self discovery kind of. I don't know. Maybe go out to freaking to the freaking bush or something and meet a tribe and just fucking. It was just like he was just <laughs> so so like he's, he's so regal, so royal and defiant and but like knowledgeable and like it's just a swagger, you know what I mean? But yeah, the suit was wicked. Like I think my favorite bit is I didn't know that like the character had like vibranium weaved through his entire suit. And there's just that bit where the helicopter started shooting at him and all the bullets started bouncing off. I just went, Vibranium. Of course, that's what it is. He's got vibranium weaved into his flipping suit. This is fucking wicked. And just everything he did. I love that bit where they're in Germany in the building after the uh the car chase bit um and where they got Bucky Bucky escapes and everyone's fighting him in that. I just love the bit where uh, you see T'Challa like kind of jump onto the stairway, and just the way he kind of stands up is in. No, you're not getting past me. It was just like <laughs> everything again. That's another thing. Like he had a wicked story as well. He had a wicked story. Like, it was simple, but like every moment of it was great. Uh, so like when towards the end he follows obviously Iron Man to uh, Siberia, and and when he's in his little well Wakandan ship plane or whatever, I was just like, this guy's on a fucking mission, man, like, no one can stop this guy, he's he's gonna get what he freaking wants to get, which is which is revenge, for honour for honour reasons or whatever, but he's gonna get it, but yeah, I can't wait to see more of Wakanda, I can't wait to see uh, more of the Wakandan royal family and all that kind of business uh, yeah, he better be in Infinity War, or whatever they're calling it now, and yeah, man I don't know, I, I doubt he'll get a sequel before, well, after yeah, I'll probably get a sequel after Infinity War. I don't think I'll get one before, but it's going to be a wicked addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And hopefully, it'll finally prove to people that freaking the black superheroes that we do have are actually freaking good. And you know what? Marvel know characters and they know how to adapt them. I don't think there's really been a character from their stable that they've not, not really adapted well. Apart from some of the villains, perhaps. But hero-wise, they know their shit. Yeah, there is one character, but I'm going to save that for um, when we get to the bits that we don't like, because there's one character I want them to just burn from the MCU, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Richard, go for it, man. Black Panther, loved him. Uh, introduction of him was amazing, and and the thing that I liked about him is that, like you said, you know you know when you first see him and he's looking out the window and like you know that he's part of this royal family and, 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 and so forth, and it's the, but it's the interaction between him and his father. Like, you know, like, is, is that respect, like, these are two very important people, and is an important person, but his father comes and he talks to him, and it's just the way how T'Challa just interacts with his dad, and it's like, you know, that's that level of respect, that's, that's royalty speaking to royalty right there, and then you see these other, like, you know, heads of, like, the countries come over and start speaking to, like, you know, to, to, to T'Chaka, and you see the respect that they have for him, it's like, and almost like respect stroke fear, because they're like, these people are pretty important, important people. And um, and the thing that I love is that T'Challa, he's still very much like, in my eyes anyway, like when you see him talking to his father and you can see that he's looking at his father, you know, and he knows his father's going to do, you know, do this performance or speech or whatever. And he's almost looking at him like, that, that's my dad. He, he is that kid. You know, one of these days, that's, this, this is who I'm going to be. And so at that point, when T'Chaka gets killed in the explosion, 
and then Black Panther becomes, or well, so then T'Challa, you know, as you, you know, you, he realizes what he's going to have to do. That is Bruce. That is the Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. You know, to me, like you see, you see that point where like he 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 becomes a man, and it kind of reminds me of some of like you know like when you had Prince William and Prince Harry, and they were like you know you know Princess Diana's children and everything, and when she died, and they were thrust into the limelight, they stopped being children. And they had to, they had to man up, and they became men, right? And uh, and I think you kind of get that. I got that whole feeling of like T'Challa becoming that Black Panther. And even the next time when you see him, um, you know, when he does what he's doing, and you know, he's just got that that man on a mission type of like, like mindset of I'm gonna get the person who killed my father. And this, he's even even his clothing changes. Like he's wearing the black blazer, and he's got like the t-shirt on with the little chain, and his his whole his whole walking, his swag changes. And the, the exchange when um, he's about to get into the car and Black Widow is standing in front of the car. And then basically his, his bodyguard basically says something like, you know, move out of the way or something along those lines. And Black Widow basically says, like, you know, move me. And then T'Challa kind of intercedes and says, listen, this is an exchange I would gladly love to see, but we don't have time for this. Like, he just becomes a, once he, once he's, he takes on the Black Panther mantle, he becomes this whole different person. And, um, and it's something which, like I said, I haven't been a Black Panther fan for a very, very long time, but I have appreciated him. But I do like the fact that yeah, even though in these small scenes that you see him in, you're seeing this evolution of this person who is going to become a king or who is a king of a nation. Because come by the end of it, like the, the majority of it is that he's going, he's on this one-man mission to go and kill this person. But he has to, when he comes to the point of like finding you know, Zemo and he finds what the reason why Zemo has done what he's had to do, he takes a step back and he takes a logic. He takes a logical look at it, and he says, "Okay, listen, I understand why you've done it now, but don't think that you're off the hook. And there's no way I'm going to give you like an easy way out." And that's the way how a king thinks, you know, or, or how a ruler should think, so, so to speak. Like he's completely different to anybody in the Marvel universe now. You've got people that own, you know, that that run, you know, secret organizations or, or have their own multi-billion, you know, suit-making companies. He's in charge of people, you know, like, you know, and, and that's the thing that I found really, really interesting. Uh, and I saw that small, like, evolution of him as the film went on. And it kind of reminded me a bit of, um, there's a bit in, in the Marvel comic books where uh, I think the Illuminati are going to have like a, like a, like a vote for something in particular. I won't go into too much detail. And Captain America and Black Panther have this exchange and Black Panther and Captain America's going like, listen, I know I've known you since X amount of time. I've known, you know, your father, whatever, whatever. And I do believe you're going to make the right decision. And Black Panther makes, you know, basically says, listen, of course I'm going to make the right decision. Like, you know, you know, I've got your back until the end of time or whatever, whatever. And when it comes to the vote and Black Panther votes against Captain America and Captain America is like totally shocked. And Black Panther says that, listen, as a man, I will back you to the end of time. But I'm the ruler of a nation. That's not something. That's something that nobody here will ever, ever have to bear in their shoulders, apart from somebody like Neymar the Submariner. And so I'm really interested in seeing how this is gonna affect the character of Black Panther because we've never really seen that. We've never seen the the ruler of a nation who's also a superhero. That's madness. That's like going back to like you know like the original '60s Star Trek. You know when they would send their captain down to the planet to go and explore the planet. Nobody right man to do that. That's like going into war and sending Obama to the front line, you know, like so I'm really interested to see how they're gonna do it to each other, like and really take this person and and really really mold him because 
you, you can't mess up with somebody like this. Like, you can't, you cannot afford to mess up with somebody like this. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'm really, really interested. I mean, the suit, I'm, I'm happy with the suit. I was really, really happy with the, the fighting style that they gave him. Like, when you, I mean, you see Captain America's fighting style, and Captain America's obviously got, like, the basis of it is boxing, but it's quite acrobatic as well, sticking in, you know, true to form of, like, the comic book character. And then you've got someone like Bucky, who is almost quite up, unless he's using that sniper rifle, when he's fighting, he's up close and personal, and he's quite scrappy. And he's, and he's not adverse to, let's say, like, you know, throwing a punch to the face, but at the same time, you know, taking a knife and sticking it in the side, you know, to, you know, take out one of your kidneys. Whereas, like, it came to someone like Black Panther, and it generally was a man fighting as a cat. The bit when they're running down the corridor, like, you know, where they, the, you know, the, the bit when they're chasing the cars or whatever, and then Captain America runs into him, and he pushes Black Panther, and Black Panther does a flip, and lands on all fours. And I was just like, shit, this is just straight up like a, you know, like a, a 70s kung fu flick, where they're doing like, you know, um, you know, like a, a snake style, or like, you know, a bird style, or something like that. And I really, really like that. Like, they're making... Black Panther, Black Panther. So like they 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 not they're not half inch in it. Like they they're saying, okay, listen, this is what he's being taught. This is what he's about. So I'm really looking forward to see what they're gonna do with him in the film because the basis of what they've given us right now, like they they, they did not really they did not disappoint. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think he had a really um satisfying uh, character arc. I, I mean, I love the the fact that um. He had his his moment at the end of the film with Baron Zemo. Sorry, with Zemo. Um, we'll get to the villain bit in uh, in a second. But um, you know, I love the conversation he had with Zemo, um, where he kind of says, you know, he acknowledges that everybody in the movie, um, or certainly the main characters, um, have all allowed themselves to become consumed by revenge. Um, that he's not going to do that anymore. Um, and that rather than kind of give in to that baser instinct um, of himself, he's actually going to take the higher road and make sure that justice is served, um, which is great because, you know, it, it really shows that he sees um, the event around him in, in a different way. He's thinking in a different way to the other characters um, that, that we've been introduced to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Um, Excuse me. You know, he 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 sees the bigger picture, and and I think that's one of the things that that Kevin Feige brought up um, about Black Panther when he, he said that um, you know they were considering characters to bring into uh, Captain America: Civil War. He was saying you know he wanted somebody who you're going to have these two people in entrenched positions on either side. You're going to have um, Captain America and Iron Man, um, but we need somebody who has a fresh pair of eyes who are, who's actually going to look at this thing somewhat impartially and, and kind of make, um, you know, and, and in a way be almost the audience's eyes to, to what is going on here. And, and that's what Black Pepper does in this movie. So, um, yeah, I found that really satisfying. But, um, yeah, good points, guys. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so we'll get on quickly through the other points because we're kind of running out of time here. So um, there, was there any other characters or... Uh, moments that stood out for you. Um, I'll rattle some off quickly. I said I, I've spoken about Vision. I really liked um, Vision and what they've done with him. Um, Scarlet Witch as well was a really, really interesting character in this movie. Um, I loved the evolution uh, that they've given to her. Uh, 
um, the fact that they've shown um, much more, you know, kind of sides to to her character and much more to what she can do power-wise and also to to what um, kind of emotion she would experience in in that thing. And uh, Elizabeth Olsen is a is a great actress. Um, she's done a fantastic job with with Scarlet Witch. So yeah, really pleased with that. Um, and Ant-Man was a great addition as well. He had predictably had some of the funniest scenes in the film for me. Um, I loved the line when he went into um, Tony Stark's suit and said, "Oh no!" You then started pulling out the wires and was like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have to take this figure to the shop." And um, Stark says, "Who's speaking?" And he says, "Oh, it's your conscience. We haven't spoken in a while." Um, I loved that line. I thought that was really funny. Um, and. Uh, he just added, you know, a, a great amount of of humor and, and humanity in a way as well to um, to the movie. So I loved his addition too. Um, and Baron Zemo, what? Well, sorry, I keep saying Baron Zemo. He's Zemo in this movie. He's not Baron Zemo, folks. For those of you watching who are familiar with Baron Zemo, um, I actually felt that uh, aside from Loki, he's one of the strongest villains that we've had so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the sense that um, his motivations made sense. Um, you know, he's a grieving man who has lost everything that he held dear. He's lost his, you know, his family, his his child, his wife, his father, you know, three of the family are gone um, and they're gone directly as a result of the actions of the Avengers. And so it makes sense um, in our understanding of you know the the human psyche and the way people think and the way they respond to things, that he was going to be kind of upset and <laughs> probably want to do something about um, the people that he feels are, are responsible for this happening. So um, for me, you know, Zemo was a really really satisfying character that uh, we got out of this. Um, so Zemo is, was a big plus for me. Um, I know some people didn't like the, the character for some strange reason. I don't know why. Maybe because it wasn't Baron Zemo. But um, guys, anything quickly that you wanted to add about uh, characters that you liked? And yeah, yeah. Z like you were saying about Zemo, he had the exact same kind of plan that uh, Lex Luthor had in that other movie. And look at the difference mm, yeah, between that's the right. two. He did. You know what I mean? Zemo yeah. had legit mm. reasons for everything, like you said. And look at the way he just pulled everything off. It all just made sense. And it then made sense for all these characters to start fighting. Whereas in that other film, it was kind of like, what? <laughs> why are these two fighting? Whereas in this, it all made sense as to why it was all happening. Like I said, Ant-Man almost stole the show for me because his bits were so good. And especially when he turned into fucking Giant Man, like, I almost lost my shit because I, I completely forgot <laughs> that they revealed the toy. And then and then I was just watching a movie. And then when he said, oh, I tried this in a lab once, I was like, no. And then it happened. I was like, holy crap. What the hell? That was another cool moment. But now, yeah, just the, the – oh, God, there's so many things in the movie that's just like I wish I'd seen it a second time and I wanted to. But I just didn't get around to it. But yeah, there's just I think there's actually too much. But yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, he, Zemo is definitely um yeah probably one of it's a toss up between him and Loki, obviously, because yeah, Marvel villains for some reason are a bit throwaway, and it's because he didn't want anything. He just wanted to mess these people up. You know what I mean? He didn't he didn't want money. He didn't want to take over a company. He didn't want to destroy the world. He wants to dis destroy people, but this specific group of people. And I suppose, in a way, he's kind of like the flip side of the woman that Tony Stark meets at the beginning, 
uh, near the beginning of the film where she's all like, you know, my son was in Sarkovia doing aid work or whatever. She could have, like, went for revenge, but she didn't, you know what I mean? She was just angry, whereas Zemo's kind of the opposite of that. And he was there as well, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's all cool, man. Everything was just legit. I just like the movie. I just can't wait to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want it now. Um, yeah. Rich, anything you want to add quickly? Yeah, um, you know the character that I liked? I liked Thunderbolt Ross. I liked, yes. I liked the character of Thunderbolt Ross. I've liked him in the comic books. I liked him in, you know, in, well, I mean, this is before he became the Red Hulk. Like, you know, I, I've always liked him as that character. Like, he's been that one driving force, you know, for, you know, in, like, you know, that, that thorn in the side of the Hulk. But obviously, in the Marvel Universe, he's also played a, a bigger a bigger role. And if, if you have read, like, let's say, Marvel comic books, that like, you, you will know that some people have served along other people in particular ways. But, I mean, this is all before, like, the whole um, Secret Wars event happened. So things like, you know, like um, Nick Fury and Frank Castle have served in Vietnam and stuff like that. But the thing that I liked about um, Thunderbolt Ross in this is that the one thing that the Captain America films have stayed true to is that they've stayed true to the whole thing of, like, let's keep everything grounded. Like, you know, so there's always, like, a, some form of, like, government thing happening in the background alongside this superhero thing. So, you know, so, like, so obviously, like, in, the, in, like, in the Winter Soldier, you've obviously got, you know, you know, Robert Redford doing his thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. And then, obviously, like, with the fallout from S.H.I.E.L.D., everything's kind of gone back to, like, okay, well, listen, these people thought, you know, we thought they were going to protect us. Who can we, who can we get now? And I like that thing of bringing back Thunderbolt Ross, especially after the last time we saw him, he was sitting in a bar, literally <laughs> trying to drink himself to death, you know, and then, and then, and then having an argument with, with Tony Stark. Oh, well, you find out he has an argument with Tony Stark. And, um, and, I, like the, and I like the fact that he kind of has that, that role of um, that Jack Nicholson has in um, A Few Good Men, where he's that, he has that mentality of like, okay, listen, I understand that you're doing good, and, but... I am the person that has to make the decisions so people like you can sleep at night. And if you're not falling in line with that, then you're going to have to deal with it. And I, so I do like that whole, you know, government thing that's still running through the Captain America films. Um, but uh, I think to me, like, if anybody kind of, like, stood out who wasn't a main character, definitely Thunderbolt Ross. And plus, I like um, um, William Hurt as an actor. Cool, so, cool. Fair enough, man. Thank you. Um, well, that brings us on to the last couple of questions. So to those of you watching this live, thank you for sticking around with us. Um, guys, the uh, last, well, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you was, um, was there anything that you didn't like about this film? Yes. Um, Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> Listen, like I was just gonna say, like that there's very, very little um, apart from um, yeah. I, I guess there are points in the movie where the pacing is um, a little bit draggy, but um, I guess that that's natural with a movie that that was touching three hours in length. Um, you know, it was going to be impossible to, to not have moments where it feels like there's a little bit of a lull. Um, but yes, Sharon Carter, like, seriously, why? 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 Why Sharon Carter? Like, she... I mean, I, I get her importance to um, Captain America if we're going by her history in the comic books. Um, 
and you know the role that she plays because she does play a significant role in um, the conclusion of the, the Civil War story in, in the comic books for those of you watching this who are familiar with it um, in this movie I mean I didn't mind her so much in um, uh, The Winter Soldier but in this movie my God, every time she was on screen, I was just like, "Why are you here? Like your your, your dialogue delivery is bad. You just your acting's bad. Like, yeah, I get it. You're hot, but you know what else is there? Like, you you you're just not helping the story. And the whole relationship with with Cap and her is just weird as well. Like, it, it just it almost feels like they were kind of like, okay, um, Cap needs to have a girlfriend, guys. Um, he needs to have a girlfriend, so uh, yeah, let's bring up um, you know the niece of the woman he was in love with 75, 80 years ago, and um, yeah, we'll start something up with that. Yeah, 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 that works. Like, come on, man, like that, that's just weird. <laughs> it's just really weird. Um, and as said, Emily Van Camp, she just uh, you know every time she delivered a line, it just felt a bit false, a bit fake, and yeah, it really did nothing for me, nothing at all. Um, Alf, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I didn't understand, uh, kind of like, because I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, and I remember the, the end of Age of Ultron, I'm sure at the new Avengers building, whether you want to call that Avengers Mansion or not, um, like, there was S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel about. So I was, I thought, oh, okay, well, kind of like, this is obviously a, a maybe, a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. splinter group, I suppose. But then there was no S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel at that place at all. In, in this movie, and I was just a bit like, well, who, why, why aren't she involved with this superhero registration thing? I mean, this is their their whole thing, right? It's like they're part of the world; they should be kind of in this story. It's almost like because of Agents of Shield, they just kind of went, yeah, let's not let's not throw them in. Let's just kind of have them be there on the side in their show, and then that's it. There was no kind of further mentioning of them or anything. No one even referenced them. I don't think at all. So I was just kind of like, well, what's, why is, like, why, why does, meh, come on, man. It's like, continue the whole thing on. Like, if, she, if you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel at the end of Age of Ultron in the building, then where are they now? You know what I mean? It's like, why have we not seen any of them? Where are they? What are they doing? Does the building run itself or, like, what the hell? But, yeah, mm -hmm. that's the only thing that kind of was a bit like, mm, they should be in this. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I, I kind of... Yeah, I kind of noticed that, but I guess um, for me, I kind of was so swept up in like the, the, the kind of driving elements of the story that I just kind of pushed it out of my mind. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't really kind of register it at the time, but now you've actually said it, yeah, I, I remember kind of, yeah, wait, what happened to S.H.I.E.L.D.? Apparently, according to um, the, the screenwriters, um, there is going to be an explanation as to what happened to Maria Hill and uh, Nick Fury um, during this period. Um, so I'm assuming that they're going to address uh, the issue of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the remnants of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, when they do that. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit odd. Um, Rich, anything that you didn't like? Uh, I think we agree we'd want to kill Sharon Carter, but um, yeah. was there anything else? No, no, you know what it was? For me, the thing about Sharon Carter, it was just that, like you said, it felt forced. There was no there was no um, evolution in a relationship between him and Sharon. It was like, with the whole thing of like, you know, um, when he, when Peggy first meets Steve Rogers and she meets like, you know, this 
70 pounds guy who's got the heart of a lion. Like, you can see that she admires him and admires him and everything. And you can see this whole thing of, like, you know, will they, won't they, should they, shouldn't they. And so you see it. Whereas, like, like you said, I mean, and then with the introduction of Sharon in the second one, and you're kind of just like, I, I would have been happy if they just brought Sharon into it just as, like, an Easter egg. So, like, if you know, you know. And then, like, if they don't get together, it, it doesn't really matter, you know. But with this one, it was almost like, oh, that's a girl from the second one. Oh, she's at the funeral. Oh, that was her auntie. And all of a sudden, like, Steve's looking at her the way, like, he hasn't looked at someone in, like, 70 years because half of it, he's been spent so much time on ice. And then the next time they see each other, and then they just kiss. And it's like, no, that's not how people get together, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. Man. So, so that's, that's what really upset me. It's just the whole thing of, like, I mean, Emily Van Camp, she's not, she's not the greatest of actors, but they didn't give her, they didn't give Steve and Sharon enough time to show the relationship build up to that kiss because that kiss is a pivotal, that kiss is a pivotal point for the cat for the character of Captain America especially considering that there's a lot of uh, jokes running let's say if you watch let's say if you if you, if you read a comic book called um, Agents was it called Agents of Hate which was like a yeah like, I remember that like, yeah but, and he used to make oh. he used to make jokes about how Captain America was gay or like really really angry then obviously you've got your you know your fans who want Captain America to be made gay and have a relationship with Bucky. So I'm not sure if that was a way of people trying to say, well, listen, I'm, we're listening to you. We're not saying that we don't like your opinion. But the character the character of Captain America, he likes women. And this is his girlfriend. How are we going to do that? Let's, have, let's make him have a kiss. And, and that's what it felt like. It, it felt a bit forced. Um, yeah, I, do, I definitely do agree with the whole thing about like, how all of a sudden like shields are here and then not there. And um, that that is a bit annoying, but in saying that, quickly before I, you know before I digress, is that the whole thing that um, what they need, what Marvel need to do is bring back those little mini movies. Yeah, the one shots. Yeah, bring out the yeah, bring those one shots. Like those one shots, like work so well with like you know stuff that was happening in the Marvel universe because right now, in fact, you know I'm 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 slightly going a bit too far. I'll make my point when we go to the next question. But yeah, but Emily Van Camp as, um, as Sharon Carter, she's probably the only thing I didn't like. Ah, and Hawkeye. Still not a fan of Hawkeye. They did really, they did really well with him in the first one. Oh, sorry, they did really bad with him in the first one. The second one, they brought back a, a large amount of the essence of Clint Barton. And in come by this third part, it felt, he's another character I think felt forced. It was that whole thing of like, oh, like, yeah, when S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, fell down, like, you went and played happy families because you got a new kid and he brought you out of retirement. Yeah, I got tired of, like, you know, playing golf. I kept getting, like, a hole-in-one. And then that's it. I was like, yeah, yeah I don't know. He wasn't needed, I personally think. Like, I like the character of Hawkeye. I love Matt Fraction's run of Hawkeye. I love Hawkeye from the 80s when he was a complete arse in West Coast Avengers. I like Hawkeye from the 60s when he was, like, you know, almost like... The, the voice of you know of America who, who was angry and didn't want to listen to someone like Captain America because Captain America represented like the United States. I like that Hawkeye, but the Hawkeye that we got in this one, I still think that they're finding it really hard of where to place him in the group. So um, hopefully they'll be able to do something with him. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't hate him as much as I hated what's it called as I, as much as I hated Sharon Carter. Like that, that, that's that's a travesty. Sharon Carter's up there, the bloody lowest lane for Batman versus Superman. <laughs> 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 you not really grab my gears. 
Sharon Carter grinds my gears, America. <laughs> well, I, I think the consensus we can take from uh, this is that, uh, yeah, nobody really is, is checking for Sharon Carter. So Sharon, just sling your love. Right, I feel sort of favor, yeah? <laughs> Okay, um, so guys, where do you rank this um, in the MCU quickly on your list? Is it? You don't have to go through the full list. Just say uh, what you about. That's really, really hard. Towards the top or towards the bottom, maybe. Towards the top. Yeah, it's, the top. It's, uh, it'll be my top three, I think. Wait, no. Yeah, top five. It'll definitely be on top five. Maybe, depending on what day, it'll jump between. It'll jump between anywhere between one and three most days, probably. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I could put it like on an actual number, because I, because I like I'd sit down and I'd say like, well, listen, like, how does this film rank as like the third part of a trilogy? Like, mm. you know, but the only other person who's had the trilogy is Iron Man, and Iron Man's trilogy isn't that amazing. Um, then you, then I could sit down and say, well, listen, how does this rank as a as a film which uh, features a group? And then the other film that we've had that features a group, well, we've had like Avengers, Avengers Age of, um, Age of Ultron, we've had the Guardians of the Galaxy, so it. It depends how what angle you're coming at it from. Um, it's definitely easily one of the best um, for for what it for what it gave. Um, but I'd, I'd actually class it as, as uh, I'd, I'd have to sit down and think really hard and maybe put it in a different category because I'd, I'd have to I think I'd have to, I'd have to dissect the film completely before I could put it into any form of list. But um, but definitely definitely near the top. That, okay. That, that I'll say. Cool, fair enough. Um, for me, I think I would put it at number four. Um, I think uh, the only films that I enjoyed more than that um, were probably uh, Guardians of the Galaxy would probably end up at number three for me. Um, Avengers would be number two, and Captain America the Winter Soldier would be number one. So um, number four is where I'd put it. Um, which is still pretty high on, on, on the list for me um, in terms of all of the, the MCU movies that we've had so far. Um, and speaking of the MCU, um, guys, where are we going from here? So we've ended the movie. Um, Bucky is on ice. <laughs> um, Cap is on the run. Um, he's formed what we think is probably the Secret Avengers. Uh, for those of you who, don't, who are watching who don't know what the Secret Avengers are, go and look up that comic book run. It's brilliant. Um and uh, Tony Stark, as far as we know, is still taking his orders from the government. Um, and, of course, we've got a big bad out there who is going to be with us very soon in Thanos. So where do you see um, the MCU going from here? Our next movie coming up is Doctor Strange, which is going to explore um, different realms and, and different universes. Um, so what are you kind of expecting to see for the overarching story that um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is telling um, throughout from phase one to, to phase three? I know that's a really big question. Um, <laughs> we've got little time. So if we can, just keep it brief. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Doctor Strange will explore any of that. I don't think we'll see any of the real fallout of Civil War until Black Panther. For some reason, I, I think Black Panther may, it might involve Tony Stark a tiny bit or at least some kind of occupation or attempted occupation of Wakanda in order to retrieve Bucky Barnes. Maybe, perhaps, that's the only way I can see it going. Uh, and I think there's been rumours on the internet about that as well. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think... I think Doctor Strange will just be 
it'll just be his introduction. It'll be fucking cool, trippy, and all that shit. And I think we'll all fucking love it. But yeah, the fallout of Civil War as to where the MCU is going, I don't think it will be tackled really until around Black Panther. That's my prediction, anyway. Cool, Rich. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, just for the simple fact that I think the Avengers films and the Captain America films, as it stands right now, they what they do, they just they're keeping us grounded, so they're keeping everything here, like you know, on Earth and like, you know, so like Civil War. So like I said, like with Alvin, I don't think Civil War will be tackled until Black Panther. Depending where Doctor Strange actually takes place chronologically in the in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because if you remember in the Winter Soldier. They mentioned Doctor Strange as a potential threat that they would like to take out. I don't know if you guys remember when they. Yeah, doing yeah. Sit, Agent Sitwell says it. Yeah, yeah Sitwell. They mentioned Tony Stark. They mentioned Doctor Strange. So at this point, what we do know is that Doctor Strange is out there. Chronologically, right now he's out there. So I, I think that Civil War won't be touched upon for a good little while. Uh, maybe they might. You might mention it, let's say maybe in the background of let's say certain films or certain TV shows, but I generally think that. What we get from Doctor Strange, I reckon that's going to be taking us maybe back towards the whole um, Thanos saga, which should be coming our way at some point. Because, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I just generally like basically he's going to be de- dealing with different realms, uh, in since maybe different parts of the universe. So I reckon that's where he's going to be taking us back. So we've got Doctor Strange next. After that, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy two, uh, which is taking us back to space as well. And then what comes after that? Is it then Infinity? Um, no, we've got um, Spider-Man in there somewhere yeah, as well. Yeah, technically, we? yeah. Even Spider-Man. though, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, okay. I mean, I know, I know, it's 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 not. Um, I mean, technically, it's it's part of the MCU now, but I I don't think it, they're they're planning on covering anything um, in terms of the the overarching story. Although obviously, Iron Man we know is now going to appear in that movie as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess maybe that's what's going to be the tether to. Um, you know the the overarching story and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Sorry. Sorry. This will be the kicker. This is what happens in Spider-Man, right? The the, the homecoming. It, it's just the first six months where he gets his powers, yeah. And then Robert Downey Jr. just turns up at the end, and it leaves. Don't into, don't say <laughs> that. that. Don't <laughs> say that at all. You're taking a bit. I don't want to see that origin again, like you were saying. Five million, however much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't. We really don't need to see that. I'll, I'll be very upset <laughs> if they do that. So let's hope they don't. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool, guys. Um. We've kind of run over time a little bit. Well, quite a lot, to be honest. Um. So we're gonna have to start bringing this thing in. But before we do that, um, we do actually have a question from a viewer. Um. So let me get the details for this. Uh, in the meantime, anybody who's watching this, if you do want us to answer any specific questions uh, about any of the topics that we're talking about, or even if it's just things that you want us to cover, um, then please, please do send those questions in. Um, we accept them via email, so if you can send your emails to wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com, um, we'll be able to answer any questions there. I'll make sure that I uh, add the email address to the description of the video on YouTube as well. So if you ever want to send anything to us to debate um, and to talk about, then that's the place to do it. So let me just draw up the question quickly. Um, okay, so the questions come from us uh, come to us from Michael. Uh, Mike, thanks for the question. 
Um, and what he asked is, uh, how do you feel about the inclusion of Spider-Man? I feel if you take him out, his significance and importance in the film would not have been missed. His inclusion felt forced and should have been excluded, in my opinion. Too many cocks. Um, gentlemen, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'd like that's that's correct. I mean, if he wasn't in it, it wouldn't have really made much of a difference. The, his role in the film uh, wasn't the same as his role in the book, as such, because uh, you know he flip flops between the size and the book, comic book, and all that business. This was it was more just a cool way of introducing him for Spider-Man: Homecoming and making sure everybody knows, oi, yeah, Sony may own him, but we've got freaking you know artistic control over him. We've struck a deal. Spider-Man's in our universe now. Forget that other crap you've seen before. New direction now. It's going to be better. That's that's pretty much all it was like. I mean, but I, did, I didn't mind it for being that. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a great way of introducing him to the MCU and making everyone aware of his new home, so to speak. Cool. Rich? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Alvin with, with, with what Alvin said. I mean, that's so true. There's one of those things you need to take into account that uh, all of the Marvel films that come out, they have a particular place in the Marvel Universe. So if not now, when would they have done it? You understand? So, like, I agree that, you know, he didn't really add anything to it per se if he didn't appear in it. But the next two films that are coming out, they're, they're going to be kind of out there. They're not going to be a, a Spider-Man type of, you know, type of cameo story that you can have. Um, so, yeah, but I was happy with him being in it. Like, I would, I'm, I'm not complaining in that. Um, I think Michael, I think Michael needs to be educated. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, viewers, if you're watching this, please don't be put off by that comment. <laughs> we actually know Michael. That's why he made that comment. He, he wouldn't say that kind of thing to you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think... Um, yeah, I understand Michael's point, definitely. I mean, it, 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 let's be honest. As you said, Alf, if we took him out of the film, would we miss him? Probably no, no. not. Um, because he didn't actually add anything to... Uh, the, the, the overarching plot or, or anything like that. Um, but as both of you have kind of said, it, it, A, it's logical for him to you know appear in this movie and not in, in other movies because there just isn't room on the slate to fit him in anywhere else um, or anywhere from a storytelling point of view that, that it makes sense to fit him in. Um, and so because, as you said, Alvis, just a cool way to... to Say to everybody, look, we've got our Spider-Man back, you know. Mm. So, um, so it, it it kind of in that way it, it made sense, um, because as you know, as, as I said, we we knew from quite early on that this wasn't going to be the Civil War comic book that we were getting. This is going to be the the Marvel Cinematic Universe's adaptation of of that. Um, and in the comic book, uh, for those of you who are familiar with it, again, Spider-Man plays a pivotal role in that. But um, because uh, of the nature of, of the MCU and, and the way that they've told their stories, there was no point in kind of following that, that path. Um, so it just made sense to, to give him a cool cameo in there, remind everybody of who Spider-Man is and, and how good he is and, and why he's so popular with um, you know with audiences all over the world and and um, tell everybody that he's got a movie coming out real soon so you know get ready for that so cool but Mike thanks for a lot for your question um, send another one in if you want to um, and as said anybody who's watching this who wants to send a question in to us please do um, if you want to send uh, topic ideas in for us to discuss please do again um, our email address is Podcast at gmail.com um, and once again I will put uh, that email address in the description for the video when it goes up.
Okay, guys. Well, um, we've run on and on and on. Um, I think we could go on for another two hours about this movie, to be honest. Uh, but we're going to have to put it to close because we'll probably send some people to sleep if we do that. Two and things. yes, two things. I think this is going to be my role. This will be my role. Whenever someone's talking, I'm just going to have one more thing I would have thought of. <laughs> two things. Since we're on the, since we're on the topic of Captain America, yesterday, June twenty second, nineteen forty three. Stephen Stephen Rogers was actually transformed into Captain America. That's the first thing. So if you're a big Captain America fan, you know that. You know, you know I didn't even know that. Well done. Uh, I I honestly didn't know that, and I'm a massive yeah. Captain America fan, and I didn't know that. Well, we're not big enough, but anyway. <laughs> um, and for all the people, <laughs> yeah. And for all the people that are, are saying, you know, how they want, you know, Captain America to be gay and. You know, they wanted to have a relationship with Bucky and everything. There's actually a gay Captain America porn out now. Um, and, uh, you know, so for all you fans that are, you know, I'm not going to try and push anything out there. I'm just saying, it, if, you th if this is something that you really, really want to see, then go ahead. You know where to find it now. I mean, you know, you can send us some, some www.xvideos.com. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. Like, one question. How do you know that there is a gay Captain America movie out right now? <laughs> In fact, you know what? Don't, don't answer that. Don't, don't answer that because we, we don't know who's watching these videos. So don't answer that. Okay. Well, there was a Black Panther and a shield involved. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So we've we've run way over time. So um, let's bring this thing uh, into a close. Um, to those of you who've watched along live with us, thank you very much um, for sticking with us. Uh, hope you enjoyed what you heard and what you saw. Um, we will be back again very, very soon. Um, we'll publicize this on social media so that um, we'll let you know the next time that we're recording something. And as I said, if you want to get involved, feel free to do so. Um, we absolutely love guests and we definitely need to have other people involved because we want to hear other people's opinions. And, you know, the fun thing about this kind of things is is debating and interacting with you. So um, please get involved with us. Um, Guys, do you want to quickly say goodbye and plug anything that you're working on or your social medias and stuff? Um, Alf, quickly. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter, at uh, BigA85GL. Uh, and yeah, I just, well, just post geeky shit in it, obviously. Nice one. Rich? Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram, uh, Rich Reviews, and also the Instagram, Wulong Talks. The website, www.wulongtalks as well. And I'm sure there's one other thing that I was going to say, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, no, that's it. Um, yeah, thanks for coming along as well. That's This is for me and Live Long and Prosper. Nice, nice. Well, um, yeah, so for me, uh, I also contribute to Wulong Talks podcast. Um, and I also contribute to the blog as well, which runs at www.wulongtalks.com, as Richard mentioned. Um, you can get in touch with Richard on Instagram as well, or you can give me a shout on Facebook, just search for Wulong Talks Podcast and say hi, and I'll say hi back to you. Okay, thanks a lot for everybody for watching. Um, guys, thanks a lot for your time tonight. It's, it's been a real blast. Um, it really has. Uh, and we're definitely going to do this again. So say good night, Rich. Good night, Rich. <laughs> I'll say good night, man. Good night, all. All right, and that's good night from me. So, um, everybody, sleep tight, and we'll see you again soon. Bye bye.